Hey everybody, this is Rick. And this is Nathan from Aberdeen, Washington. And you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with our friend Rico. The podcast is strong in this one. Hello folks, this is Rico and welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. Today is October 18th, 2020. Yes, it's still 2020. Uh, this will be show 791. Yeah, creeping up to 800. Blech, wow. Blech. I don't know what noise that was. Sorry. All right. Today on the podcast, uh, by the way, thanks to uh, Mark for last week for sitting in and doing that show on his top uh, movies, hits of the 70s. Hits of the 70s. I feel like I need to talk like a radio voice. Um, but thanks for that, Mark. <clears throat> All right. Sunday morning. Get the voice going. Today on Trucks and Sci-Fi, the, the main topic is going to be, my plan here was to, it's going to be pretty much Star Trek. Hey, there's a shocker. But uh, no, I wanted to wrap up uh, talking about Lower Decks, uh, kind of do a real quick rundown of the, the later episodes of the season, uh, talk a little bit about it, and, and then uh, also talk a bit about the uh, season three premiere of Discovery. Star Trek Discovery Season 3 premiered just last week here in the U.S. at least. I don't know about all the markets around the world. Uh, it's very hard to keep track of that, frankly. Um, but um, So for both of those shows, if you haven't seen them and are worried about spoilers, um, I'll probably talk for the first 15 or so minutes about general things, maybe, approximately. And then I'll get into talking about those shows. So, you know, especially Discovery, maybe people might not have watched it yet, but I will give you plenty of warning when I get into that. First, it'll be um, some general talk, then it'll be Lower Decks, then it'll be Discovery. So just in case, I, I always try to, especially with fairly new things, and I don't generally cover stuff. Well, I have, but the recent Star Trek's a bit covered things pretty close to when they've been coming out, give or take, but... So that is coming up on the show, and I hope you guys uh, stay tuned, uh, and uh, hey, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, everyone. Again, welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi, uh, the long-running uh, Star Trek sci-fi fantasy genre podcast about uh, lots of different things, movies, television primarily, uh, some books occasionally, some games occasionally. Uh, not, a, not a huge amount of game talk, uh, although I've... Um, I think I mentioned it before. I've been playing this. Uh, I've been playing Gloomhaven with my with my sons, which has been fun, uh, and doing some uh, still World of Warcraft, which um, they're coming up on a new expansion. That those are my games, at least gaming type things. I do want to play Star Wars Squadrons, although I want to get a joystick for that. Um, and other yeah. So Baldur's Gate three is sort of semi out now, which I'm a big. Um, 
big old D and D fan and, and I, I kind of want to play that, but I kind of also want to wait until it's a bit more finished. Um, I did get a few weeks ago. I think I talked about it already on here, but I got a, one of those arcade one up, um, star Wars games that I play every couple of days. And <laughs> you know, it's funny. It, it's still fun to play, even though I feel like I, I feel like that game uh, gets progressively hard, like really fast. Like you can kind of get through the first wave, second wave kind of, but then you get to about the third wave of things. And then it's just like, to me, at least for me, it's, it's nearly impossible. So, um, it's kind of, I kind of almost wish there was a way in, in, you know, these home versions like that to give yourself like infinite lives or something. I, I, I don't know, but, uh, it's, it's really hard. It gets really hard quick, I think, <laughs> but it's still fun. All right. So let's see what's been going on. What have I been, uh, what have I been watching? Uh, just about what, kind of what I've been talking about, um, television wise, series wise. I started to watch this new series next on Fox, which is basically about the, um, uh, uh, an AI that gets out into the world and, and is about to wreak havoc. I probably, probably about the only reason I'm watching it is, um, the main actor, John Slattery, who um, played uh, Stark's dad in the in the Marvel movies? He's probably best known for playing um, on Mad Men. Uh, Roger, he played Roger on Mad Men. Anyway, um, it's um, uh, it's a kind of yeah, it's an okay show so far. I mean, I've only seen two episodes. It's it's uh, I was telling Lynn, I was telling my wife about this a little bit. It's it's always sort of trickier for me to suspend disbelief when something is much more um, close to reality than it is for something like Star Trek, like traveling in a ship to dis- distant worlds and planets and traveling through time or, 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 you know, or even fantasy type movies and television or books. But this is about this, this rogue AI that, that um, was sort of a, almost created out of the, um, the helpful apps that we all have out there that are on our, you know, use, we use in our homes on our phones and all that stuff. So, uh, the, uh, yeah, so it's, there's something about, and I've done some recent podcasts about this artificial intelligence that has always been to me, maybe it's my human pride going on a little bit, but the, the idea to be able to mimic, uh, uh, human, you know, being, although they had, you know, data and Android in, in Star Trek, but that's so far out there that again, I, I can kind of buy off on it a bit, but, um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, there's not a lot on regular television right now, so I thought I'd give it a try. And again, John Slattery is 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 fun to watch in just about anything. So, but I am watching some other shows on. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. It's been two weeks since I talked. Uh, I wrapped up the 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 Boys season two. I don't know if I talked about that, and I won't spoil it or anything like that. But uh, I really enjoy enjoyed it a lot. Probably even maybe more than season one. I, I you know it's getting uh, the the show's got a little more depth to it now. Uh, the characters to me are, are really the, the main thing of the show. Um, they are mostly very <laughs> despicable, a lot of very bad people, uh, you know, some with powers, some without powers. But th- there are a few shining, you know, people on there that try to do the right thing and that, you know, but it, it's just uh, it, it's a it's a bit of a satire and everything. And uh, but I, I find myself rooting for the for the guys trying to do the right thing. So. I do enjoy it. It's pretty violent, though. Definitely not this season, especially. 
uh, probably even more than last season, although last season had its moments too. But uh, they don't shy away from the, uh, the the violence and the and blood and things like that happening. So just, you know, fair warning and language. Oh, my gosh. There is no show out there, I think, that has more language in it than uh, than the boys. So just, you know, the show is not for the sensitive. But it becomes... There's something about language, even a violence a bit, you know, I don't want to say you're really desensitized, but when they, when it just is like so much of it, you do sort of, it isn't, doesn't really quite have the shock value. I mean, I just keep remembering about um, the first season of Picard, you know, and, and people have talked about this same thing with Discovery a little bit, that now they're using some, um, some curse words in, uh, I was going to say adult language, but that doesn't... Uh, I hate that term. I don't really call it that. But, you know, the words you typically can't say on regular television. And the Picard time when it happened, I think he's 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 having this sit down with one of the Starfleet admirals. Um, it's it's more shocking because it's Star Trek. Right. And that doesn't usually happen on something like the boys. I mean, they they they, uh, they throw around, you know, just so many words on there that you don't even really it just becomes like that's just the way these certain some of these people talk so uh, you guys probably understand but um okay so what else uh finished up the boys i am watching um this show on netflix called lock and key which is also based on a comic just like the boys is and i'm enjoying it although i've heard some things maybe i'll try to read some of the comic I, like i did with the umbrella academy I love that show on Netflix, and, I, and I've tried to read some of the comic, but I frankly enjoy the, the Umbrella Academy show, I think, more than the comic. Comic is quite a bit different. Um, there are some comics that they've done, uh, you know, where they, they try to really follow it very closely. And there's a... Sometimes there's a good reason to not necessarily follow the comic super closely into a another form like a, a television series or a movie. Uh, it, it, it's not always the best approach. They're different mediums. So I have heard Lock and Key has changed a lot from the comics. Maybe I will go back and, and try to read some of the comics now. But I'm really enjoying this this first season on Netflix, and I'm here heard they got another season coming. So that's good. Glad to hear that. Um, oh, probably one of the new, newer shows that I'm watching that I'm enjoying uh, almost more than any of these is um, The Right Stuff. They, they, of course, there was an old book based on the early days of the space program by Tom Wolfe called The Right Stuff. They did, of course, a very good movie back in, it's about 1980, I think, approximately. Um, and... And then now they're doing this series that's on it's on Disney Plus. It's always hard for me to remember what 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 are the streaming services is it on? So um, so anyway, there has been three episodes so far. I'm not sure what their first season is going to be. Maybe ten. Ten seems typical. I, I'm not positive, but it's really good. Really good show. Great cast. Really enjoying it. it it's. It's a great time in history, you know, that whole 60s space program era. It is, uh, it's something that's kind of uh, idealistic and, and, and fun to watch right now, although the characters, some of the astronauts are um, not the best people, but that's, you know, anytime you get into the high level of performance that some of those pilots were, I, you're going to end up with with not you know some very competitive, not so great people. I think is is 
the pressures, the, the, the type of personality that that kind of job takes. I mean, there's a mix for sure. Um, although they're, they're really focusing a lot on, on, on two of the biggies, uh, John Glenn and Alan Shepard so far. Um, and probably Gordon Cooper are the, the big three that they're, that they're really following closely. Most of the rest of them are getting not a lot of going on, you know, they're there, but they're not getting the, the sort of look into what they're really like as people, as much as those three, uh, those three are really getting focused on and, uh, and that that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying it again. It's it's really fun to be back in that time in that that era. I got to get back to that Apple show and, and finish up watching that um, that show about where the other I alternate sort of history idea of what if Russia got to the moon before we did thing. Um, what was that called again? I can't think of the title. I, I apologize. Uh, I only watched the first episode, I think maybe the second one, too. Uh, but I, I don't know, things, things shifted and I, and I skipped over and went off to watch other things, I guess. Yeah, I have to get back to it. I think they're doing another season of that. I'm pretty sure. So, um, so those are what I'm watching. I tried to watch, I mentioned it on the podcast, uh, a couple, few weeks ago, whenever, uh, I started to watch this utopia thing on prime video on Amazon prime. Basically, the essence of that one was, or the the, the storyline was, there was this comic that had been published and then sort of a, a, a sequel to it had been discovered uh, out there. And there's there's a group of kind of nerds and they're trying to, you know, get their hands on this comic this that has never been seen. Um, but there's a, a lot of, you know, kind of like the boys in a way. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of pretty flat out violence and for some reason, it's a little different kind of violence in this show. And about midway through episode two, I just go, nope. I, I just wasn't enjoying it. I didn't like the characters. I didn't like the way they were. The, I, I just didn't like it at all. It was really kind of bothering me. And, I, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch this. I don't need to watch this. Uh, and, and I just kind of went, nope, I'm done. And uh, turned turned it off. I don't know if anyone out there has, uh, has, has watched it. I don't know if it's all out yet. Uh, I think Amazon tends to put their shows out at once. So it may be already all out. It's probably all out and available. I think it is to see. I think there's only going to be like, I think there was only eight episodes maybe. But if anyone's watched Utopia and can give me like a, you know, kind of like a, hey, what did, how did it go? What did you think? You know, without spoiling too much, you know, drop me an email. TrekSF at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys, th- you know, you thought about it. But um uh, yeah, it just ugh, it just kind of didn't really like about some things that started happening around middle of the second episode. So yeah, but you guys might like it. I mean, hey, everybody has, should form their own opinion about these things. I watched Hubie Hubie Halloween uh, with Adam Sandler on on Netflix to try to get into the Halloween spirit, uh, and so that's that's good. I'm watching a little stuff on QB still. Uh, this show called Wireless on there. I finished up a few other shows on there that, uh, yeah, I like the, the format. I, I don't know how much I'm going to stick with it, but these little seven, eight, nine minute episodes, uh, and, and there's about eight or nine or 10 of them, maybe a little more per season. Again, I've, I've talked about it. They, they basically take essentially a movie and break it up into bits, uh, and give it to you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a cool idea. I thought there was one other one that I was going to mention that I'm trying to, oh, you know, I'm still finishing up Lovecraft Country. Uh, that's on HBO Max. 
I think there's one episode or two left. One, there should be one on tonight. That's a crazy show. Uh, I, I like it. It's interesting. It, it's it's wacky. There's just uh, it is not at all what I had expected. I thought it was going to be much more a horror, and it is at times um, based on Lovecraft's works and things. But they there's a lot of um, there's a lot of other things happening in it. I don't want to spoil it, but. It's, it's a really, really well done show, I feel, and, and really interesting. Great actors uh, in it. Great performances, I think. Uh, really enjoying that one. Very different. Uh, I've always been a, I've always been attracted to the, you know, movies, television, whatever, that's not like other stuff. You know, things that are different uh, is, is where I kind of head towards, obviously. Star Trek and sci-fi fantasy shows and things. Uh, or, or, you know, that's my thing, but uh, obviously, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, that's probably good for now. Let us, uh, let me take a break. I will come back, and uh, by the way, oh, I did want to mention in this segment, if you want to support the show, you can do that over at patreon.com, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi, and thanks to you guys that do that each month. i hoping to do, probably won't be till November, we're going to do another uh, Patreon supporter uh, group cast. Uh, probably maybe when we get to about the middle of Discovery, maybe we'll do a little like um, group chat about Discovery, where where things are at. Oh, by the way, speaking of Star Trek Discovery, and I was going to talk about this when we get to it, it just was announced, I think it was Friday, uh, that Season 4 is already uh, a go. Uh, season 3 just started, and I think they've kind of done this with the previous seasons, and I, I think it's partially to keep the momentum going for people to there's a bit of um i was just looking over a list this morning of all these canceled shows from last year uh you know it was a weird year anyway with covid starting and shows kind of getting their seasons chopped short um but there's a bit of a people tend to will you know people who don't watch things as they kind of come out will wait and see if a show is kind of successful and then they'll go okay well i'll watch that because you know it it, it didn't get chopped off like firefly after a season or something um but um so uh, so discovery yeah they announced a season four they're going to start filming already in november uh up in canada in the toronto area i think they're still filming there uh there's um yeah so that's great news i mean it's I, i'm a little surprised because i kind of thought picard was going to be coming back sooner than in in filming then uh, and i don't know if they're mutually exclusive not sure what this means. I mean, I think that we will be getting a season four of Discovery before we get a season two of Picard, I think is is probably true. Although I, they should be pretty close. I mean, I've I've heard, you know, two, of course, season two of Picard is a go. And I, I, I know they were going to, they had supposedly were going to start filming fairly soon. I think things got delayed still. You know, good old COVID still is a problem. And, uh, you know, some of these productions I'm hearing are having trouble with um, getting their casts and crews tested regularly because of other things, other priorities in other areas like, you know, getting uh, school people, you know, teachers, students tested if needed and, and other areas. And uh, this is just entertainment, so it has a little bit of a lower priority. But but anyway, uh, season four disco is a go so and it's gonna be filming next month which will probably mean we'll get it after this season three runs through you know probably be about the end of the year we'll 
we'll be getting probably season four, not until the end of like next year, a year from now, maybe a little bit even longer than that. We'll see. It probably depends a lot on how filming turns out and goes. If it gets significantly delayed due to the COVID situation and the restrictions they'll have to be doing and all that, but we'll keep uh, keep an eye on it. But all right, a lot longer than I wanted to jibber jabber, but we'll 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 buzz through Lower Decks and then talk about Disco season three, episode one. Uh, for the rest of the show. We're about 20 minutes in. I'll be right back after this break to talk about Lower Decks, kind of the later episodes, the last few episodes that they did, especially a lot about the finale, which was which is a great final episode. I, I really love the last episode of Lower Decks of their first season. So I'll be back in a moment. Hi, this is Ashley Victoria Robinson. I play Ensign Williams on the Red Shirt Diaries web series, and you are listening to Rico on the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. Hey, I'm back. All right. So Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, first season had 10 episodes total. I've talked a little bit about it, this show already. So let's I think I'm going to start around episode seven or so and just kind of run down what happens in them, play trailers and things like that. Uh, the show at first, I'll admit, the first couple of episodes, I had a little trouble grabbing onto this show. It was a little too, frankly, fast, The you know, just the way things happened. And, you know, I love shows like Rick and Morty and, and, and the style of that, and it's quick and, and in your face. But for some reason here, I felt like it was even um, faster, and it was a little bit jarring being Star Trek this way. And I know that, you know, oh, that's the style of the show. And I'm like, yeah, I understand this style of the show. That doesn't help the, you know, catching what's going on exactly. But uh, over about, probably about midway through season one, the uh, the show really started to grab me. I, I really loved the all of the Star Trek references. I mean, this this show is basically built for uh, the, the 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 real what I consider the fairly deep. Although you can enjoy it, I think beyond even if you're not a big big Trek nerd and know all the little stuff. You know all you know 800 episodes that are out there and all the movies and everything like that. But um, if you do know that stuff, I think this, this show gives you an extra little smile and, and, and they, you know, they're certainly putting on or putting into each episode, a lot of, a lot of references. And sometimes I kind of think to myself, it, you know, it's funny that I, I start to sometimes think that, that maybe they need to, there were, they did this occasionally in, in Trek throughout you know, various series. They even did it in the original series. I almost want them to start throwing out references that we don't know anything about. Um, you know, like, like they even did that in the Star Wars movies, the first, the first, you know, the original trilogy. They would throw out references, especially they did it in like Empire Strikes Back because we had a, a fairly good time lapse happen between the movies there. Um, but you would get references to things that you, we didn't know anything about and it would be like, Oh man, I want to see uh, Lando do the Battle of Tanab or whatever he called it. Tanab, Tanab, I don't know. Um, but the, what I'm getting at is that low, in Lower Decks, the, all these references are all the stuff for the most part that we know about. You know, there, there are references to Next Gen. There's references to Kirk and, and that crew. There's, you know, uh, they even have a jab in a way, which I thought was hilarious. What, when is this? I think it's, is it in the last episode? Second to last? But they even have one guy calling the original series, like, era TOS, but he creates a different acronym for it. I forget how he, what he calls it, but I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, you know, 
because obviously it's not called the original series within Star Trek, but he, he comes up like the, you know, those original spacemen or something like that. I forget what he uses. So, but all right. So what I, but I have really started to uh, love the, the show and enjoy these last few episodes that they did uh, quite a bit. Um, the first one we're going to talk about, let's talk about seven, eight, nine, and 10, the last four real quickly uh, about these uh, episode. Well, let me rattle off all the episode names for you. Um, so, uh, episode uh, one, Second Contact. Episode two, Envoys. Uh, episode three, Temporal Edict. Uh, episode four, the weirdest title of all, Moist Vessel. Uh, <laughs> episode five, Cupid's Errant Arrow. Uh, episode six, Terminal Provocations. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, episode seven, Much Ado About Boimler. Um, and then eight is Veritas, uh, nine is crisis point and 10 is no small parts. So this episode, uh, much do about Boimler. I liked a lot. Um, this was the episode where boiler boy, boiler <laughs> Boimler, um, through a transporter accident kind of goes, be, be, it gets turned sort of into a ghost essentially. So, uh, he, let me play the, uh, let me play the trailer to, Episode 7 of Lower Decks, Much Ado About Boimler. I did it! I yeah. updated the dog. What does that even mean? You know, I hand-edited all six billion sequences. It was really fun! <laughs> oh, look at you! You're just a cute little cinnamon roll. I'm trying to make this transporter go faster, but nobody's going to help me test it. Ooh, I'll do it. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh... Oh, man, I thought I solved this. Dude, what is wrong with you? Nothing. I'm just phasing. No biggie. Disagree. It's kind of a biggie. Yeah, so that's a fun episode. He, he's not really, you know, in a, a ghost exactly. He's out of phase, and uh, and they encounter this other ship that has, you know, the same problem. And yeah, it's a good one. Uh, much ado about Boimler. I I, I like uh, one of the best parts about the show. I think is they cast it really well. I like. I think the voices fit the characters really well. I know that's a little always to me weird to say because. Once you hear a character or, or once you watch an actor do a certain role, you kind of like, oh, well, the, you know, no one else could do that, right? You start to think like that a little bit. But um, but I think this is a nice nice group here. It's interesting. Jack Quaid, I think that's Jack Quaid, right, is Boimler. Uh, he's also on The Boys. And uh, so I'm getting a lot, of, uh, a lot of Jack Quaid. Yeah, it's Jack Quaid. Tawny Newsom is Beckett Mariner. Noel Wells is uh, Tendi. Uh, Eugene Cordero is Rutherford. That's the main characters. Uh, the uh, Carol Freeman, who's the the captain, is Don Lewis. Jerry O'Connell is Jack Ransom. The weird thing about Jerry O'Connell on this and and playing Ransom, I swear, and I know Jerry O'Connell from a lot of he does a lot of voice work actually these days. Uh, I think he does more of that than he does anything. You know, he he does a lot of DC animated movies, for example. Um, It just doesn't sound much like Jerry O'Connell. I don't know what kind of voice he's doing for Ransom, but I never get this, like, it's not his his normal voice. And and it's very, it's it's almost bugged me almost in a way because it's like, Jerry O'Connell, I know what you sound like. You don't sound anything like this guy, so... uh, all right, but uh, let us. I think let's move on quickly to Veritas. 
uh, which is the next episode, number eight in this season. And uh, this is this is the one that's basically about a trial uh, where there's these aliens that put uh, Boimler, Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford um, to put put them on trial. Oh, by the way, I, I did like the last uh, in the Much Ado About Boimler episode. I do like this idea that um, Tendi is is working on cr- creating sort of like a um, an artificial dog, you know, that she's going through all this work to to just create an artificial or artificial dog. You know, I thought that was kind of kind of cute. But uh, all right, here is Veritas, which is I think this is a good one, although I don't think it quite is as good as some of the others. And the the idea that they're on trial is interesting. Although it turns out to be, well, spoiler alert, obviously, spoiler alert for all these episodes and season one, uh, or not season one, episode one of season three of Discovery, which I'll be talking about in a bit. Uh, hopefully you guys aren't listening to this who haven't seen this stuff, and hopefully you are seeing it. Uh, I have to kind of say at this point in time, though, uh, you know, it is slowly or has now finally caught up with, I, I, I've gotten like... There are still people out there on the internet. Yes, there are people on the internet, but unlike Facebook, uh, still whining about you know lower decks. They're whining about discovery, and I'm just I, I just don't I do not understand the. It, I'm fine again. I've said it so many times now. I am totally fine with people having their own views and opinions about this. But I mean, heck, they just announced Discovery season four. It's not going away. I just read the other day that they've kind of mapped out Star Trek for about the next six to seven years of of more Picard, more Discovery, more Lower Lower Decks is coming back for another season. Um, we've got Strange New Worlds coming. I still don't know if they're really going to do that Section 31 show that they were talking about. Or Captain Giorgio, or is that one show? Is that two shows? I don't know, really. That, that's gone really radio silent, but... Um, but there's still people like, oh, you know, Star Trek died and, you know, when Next Generation went off the air or or even when Enterprise went off the air or something like that. I, I, and, and, you know, who hate on some of these shows, who hate on the, the Kelvin era movies, the J.J. Abrams movies. And again, I totally understand that these things might not be for you, but I, I think I've used the analogy like I finally got fed up with The Walking Dead and... and uh, but I, but I'm not going out of my way to like. Some of them sound like they're still watching it. They're they're like hate watching it. Like I'm gonna watch this, but it sucks. And and that because I because you know it's like well how can you even know what these shows are like right now if you're not watching it and if you're watching it and you hate it why are you watching it? It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if anyone out there listening can can help me understand this better. I I mean it's it's sort of like this political thing we're in right now in the united states but i mean i it, hopefully in a, in a month or so at least we'll have things a little bit more settled after the election but and i'm not going to talk about politics here but i just don't get the energy involved to do that i mean i i think to to myself like do you think that that the guys running star trek these days are going to really change their tune or or listen to you or change something they're 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 doing what they're going to do i mean you can either watch it or not and 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 again whatever oh and the other part of this that i I wanted to say and sorry for the the, a bit of a soapbox time here and then we'll get into i'll play the veritas uh trailer and we'll talk about that episode 
but the other one is the whole like I'm not I'm never gonna I, I saw this post I think it was yesterday or the day before <laughs> and I don't go out of my way to look for this I'm in a couple of other Star Trek groups obviously Treks and sci-fi and and a few others online and I don't follow a ton but the the one that I'll you know I'll never pay for Star Trek I'm like eh, you kind of have paid for Star Trek in a way you may not think you did but but even even in the days of it just being on like syndication or whatever most people had to pay for cable, right? Uh, and 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 you were paying for it. You really were. You just didn't think you were, but you were. Uh, or even back in the old days where it was just on broadcast television, which has been a long time since that's been the case, right? But but you were paying for it by watching advertising. You know, you, you don't think you were, but you were. Um, and you know, the, this this idea that we should be getting this content and stuff for free is just mind-boggling to me um and and it's a pretty low cost when you think about it and again and also what i've always said is my goodness you could just sign up for a month you know every year or so and catch up on everything so for five or six dollars you can get a lot of content you could have a whole season of you wait another month or so you could watch all of lower decks all of season three of discovery for like five or six dollars i mean that's a pretty good deal so the, the complaining about, and I know they'll say, they'll say, well, it's the principle of it. I'm like, dudes, that, that's not, that's a pretty weak principle. Uh, and, and again, sorry for the soapbox time here, but I just don't get it. I, I really, really don't get it. Um, and the other little, you know, I, I don't know. I just, it's the same people who are saying, I don't care if all the movie theaters in the, in the world, in the country shut down because of COVID. Um, you do kind of care, actually. Because guess what? They're not going to have a, a, a $150 million James Bond movie or a $200 Marvel movie. Uh, they're not going to make those kinds of movies without without being able to release them in theater and making a couple hundred million or more off of them. Um, they're not going to do it. So these people who are saying, yeah, I haven't been to a movie theater in forever. I'm not going to. Yeah, well, that's fine for you. But you trust me. You will not get, not get those kinds of blockbuster. Maybe you don't care. Maybe those aren't for you, and that's understandable. If you just want to watch a, a very, very small movie, the kind of stuff that ends up, you know, direct-to-video kind, kind of thing, stuff, whatever, you know. But I don't want movie theaters to go away. I, I love going to the movies, and, and I know some people don't, and some people will say, well, you know, it's costly. People are sitting there on their phones or they're talking. There are problems, but... Yeah, that's true about anything in life. You go out there in the world and experience it. But all right, soapbox off for Rico. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. I just I, I had kind of hit my threshold, I think, of of seeing these kinds of things. And I, I I think what gets me the most about it all is is people not being able to see other points of view. And again, I can see other pe- people's points of view on Star Trek if the, if they don't this stuff isn't for them. But I don't get the you know let's just bash it. You know, I, I don't, I don't bash things. Really, go out there out of my way for things that I don't like. I'll try something, and then if I don't like it, click turned it off, or whatever. I'm not going to go to like Utopia Facebook groups now on that TV show that I didn't like and just whine about it or complain. I, I don't know. I know Star Trek's a long running franchise, and there's a lot of people out there, uh, you know, quote unquote fans that that feel like they kind of own it. So I, I, I get that it, they feel like that gives them some kind of uh, say in the matter maybe perhaps but you really don't you really don't have a say you, your only say is to either watch it or not watch it so uh okay probably longer than i wanted to go but it was fun i like 
I, I've always felt like getting things out like that for me, at least that's the kind of person I am, always makes me feel better. I, and, and maybe, again, after listening to that several minutes of me going on, if there's some angle of this I'm not seeing or missing, you know, please, please send me an email or, or put a comment up or get a discussion going on the Treks and Sci-Fi group because I really am trying to understand this what this is all about and why it's not like ending i would have thought after by the time we're getting to season three or four discovery it would be like uh you guys it's gonna it's sticking around guys all right let us get on to another episode of um lower decks i blanked for a second there little little memory blank there (laughs) lower decks star trek lower decks veritas episode eight of this season again this is the trial one here is a trailer for this one These witnesses have been brought before you to speak the truth. What's the difference between witnessing and just looking at something? All right, everybody, listen up. This mission is highly classified. Do your thing! What's my thing? Ah! I don't want to draw any attention. Hey! You've drawn my attention. Send our friends a message. What What the hell are you doing? You said send them a message. That means phasers. It means to invite them to dinner. No, it doesn't. All right, yeah, this is a this is a pretty fun one, I think. Uh, you know, this idea of this trial, although it turns out to be, it's not uh, it's not what they th- think it is. Uh, a lot of good stuff in this one. Mariner, you know, she's probably my favorite character on here. I, I like her, the fact that even though it's her mom is the captain of the ship, she's she's kind of a rebel, and it kind of works for in her favor a lot of times too. The the probably the standout or the coolest little reference in this episode <coughs> excuse me uh is at the very end q appears and uh yeah there's a nice little exchange between mariner and q and he's like uh you know well uh, i challenge you to a duel he, q says pick up your weapons i i pick the mind get out of here q we're done with random stuff today we're not dealing with any of your q bull bleep and uh and uh, Mariner, come on, I want to put humanity to the ultimate test. Okay, I'm not French. No, uh, go find Picard. Oh, Picard, he's no fun. He's always quoting Shakespeare. He's always making wine. It's a real quick little scene, but so that there's a, you know, it'll be a future Trek question. You know, the first uh, TNG type character, TNG character that appears on um, on Lower Decks is Q. And uh, yeah, that uh, that was a nice little touch there and john delancey doing the voice the 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 cool thing about it's turning into um the cool thing that we're learning here because of the time frame that lower decks appears in is that uh, hey we can see a lot of cameos from tng characters and and actors and um can voice you know their characters again so and and that's what i'm heading to with uh when we get to season uh or not the season uh whatever i'm trying to say the last episode of the season. But let, before that, let's go to Crisis Point. Yes, I speak good English. I speak the good English. All right, let me uh, talk to you or let me play for you first. Let me, let's play the um, trailer to Crisis Point, which is seasons, season nine. Uh, season nine. Oh, my gosh. I'm gone. Rico's off the rails. <laughs> uh Episode 9 of Season 1 of Lower Decks, the trailer to that episode, Crisis Point. Hey, guys, you mind if I take over the deck? 
Oh, you simulated the crew? Yeah, they'll respond exactly the way they would in real life. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Don't talk to me! I'm pissed off! Amazing! What was that? Hey, hey, what are you doing? What did you do to my program? I made it into an awesome movie! What, you wrote out a whole script in two seconds? I just, like, hit the act breaks, couple set pieces. I am Vindicta! Vengeance personified! Oh, boy, somebody's really laying it on thick. All right, so episode nine, Crisis Point. Uh, this this is a uh, you know mostly holodeck stuff, with um, with basically Mariner rewriting this holodeck program that Boimler has that that sort of simulates the crew. I think he, if I remember right, he's using this to to practice his. Uh, uh, he's got to give a little uh, uh, sort of interviewish kind of thing with the captain, like a review kind of a thing, answer some questions and. Um, he's kind of using it to, to help with that. But, um, this is a great episode really is. There's so many references to, and, and, and feels to the, the Star Trek motion picture. Um, I, I think you get to learn a lot about Mariner's character here. There's actually some good deep character stuff going on. This to me is where it really all comes together. This episode and the final episode of the season, really solid, really good stuff. Um, Real interesting. This, this isn't. I mean, these are. You know, this animated series, Lower Decks, is fun. It's it's funny. It leans into that. It leans into hard into a lot of Star Trek, like I said, trivia and references and things. But there's more more to it than that. And I and I'm really impressed by everything they cram into a 23 minute episode or whatever it is, 26 or something. And this episode again with Mariner, I think we learn a lot. She's she's frankly kind of messed up. Uh, but um, but I, I do in, enjoy this episode and or did enjoy this episode a lot, um, almost maybe even more than the finale. Although the finale's got so many great things in it, um, but yeah. So let us move on to that. We're already forty some minutes into the podcast or more, and I want to save at least a good ten fifteen minutes to talk about um, season three start of Discovery. So here, let's move on right into no small parts. We'll play the trailer. I'll probably play maybe another clip uh, or so for um, for this episode. Uh, again, spoilers if you haven't seen this because there's some good stuff that happens here that was, uh, well, I, I kind of had heard about it before I saw the episode, so it was a little spoiled for me. But, yeah, it's a good one. So here is the trailer to uh, the season finale, season one finale. No small parts, it's called for Lower Decks. I found out about your secret. Captain Freeman is your mom. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Does Captain Mommy give you sweet little Captain Kisses? Oh, play this new button. Optimistic mode. This is gonna be great. There she is, the little robot Exocom. I analyzed all Federation languages and calculated a mathematically perfect name. What is it? Peanut Hamper. All right, so yeah, there's the season finale uh, trailer. Uh, it, although it's it's funny because it doesn't give you any idea of what's really going to happen in this episode. So so this episode starts off with where they, um, you know, Boimler has learned that that Mariner is the the daughter of the captain, and, and then eventually now pretty quickly everyone you know learns in the whole ship that that's the case. And they've tried to keep that obviously a secret because of, you know, hey, she doesn't want to look like she's getting special treatment, whatever. But uh, I like this episode, uh, you know, a huge amount. There's a lot of a lot of great stuff in this one. 
especially uh, near the end, which I'll play a clip for you in a second here. But uh, there's a lot of other stuff. I, I like the fact that uh, they finally kind of, uh, you know, can use Mariner is good at improvising. She's good at, you know, not really following the book. And that kind of pays off in this episode, which I find uh, refreshing. You know, Kirk, you know, Star Trek's always been in, in Starfleet and, and the way Star Trek really operates when you think about it is they have their guiding, you know, you know, prime directive and they got this and that. But a lot of times what happens is it's when you kind of have to go outside those areas when the when the book doesn't work for you anymore. And there's they, they really use that a lot in this last episode. And since that's I always felt like that's kind of how I you know, view myself sometimes, even when I work at, you know, different jobs and stuff like that, it, it appeals to me a lot. You know, you can't really always color inside the lines. So, uh, yeah, that's good. And, uh, and then of course the, the biggie of this episode is what happens near the end. And again, I had heard this was coming, but I'm going to play this clip for you, for you guys. Uh, for those that have seen it, I hope everyone listening has seen this cause it's a big spoiler, but, uh, but yeah, there's there's a great thing that happens in the last few minutes of this episode that's super fun. And uh, between what we saw in Picard, uh, you get something, you get some TNG people back here in uh, Lower Deck. So uh, listen to this. As soon as the engines are back online, get us the hell out of here. And hey, don't get too comfortable in my chair. <laughs> yes, sir. No, 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 there's more of them. We have you now, Enterprise! Uh, all hands to escape pods! Prepare to abandon ship! Wait, the incoming ship? It's the Titan! Oh no! It's another Enterprise! Red alert! A Packlin party and I wasn't invited? Ooh, it's about time you showed up, Will. Mariner! This makes us even. You know Riker? Yeah, who do you think hooks me up with all my contraband? Dude is flush with Romulan ale and... I'm sorry, what was that? Uh, we're still at Red Alert! Target those ships and fire! We're talking about this later. Yeah, so the Titan shows up, which which uh, his is Will Riker's ship after the Enterprise. Deanna Troy, of course, they're married, they're aboard that. There've been books written with that uh, ship and crew, and now now they've shown up in uh, in, a, in a TV show, and it's great, really really great. Uh, there's more to it there in that episode. There's still a few more minutes, and there's some other scenes with the two of them, and uh, yeah, it's it's. It's a lot of fun. It, it's super cool. The music that, you know, uh, I, I love the enthusiasm that, you know, uh, Jonathan Frakes is using. You know, he's obviously been heavily still involved in Trek. He's been dis he's been directing Discovery. He was on Picard. He's directed, you know, Picard. I think he directed a few of those, right? Yeah, whatever. Um, but he's yeah, it's great. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Got a big chuckle 
I was pretty much smiling from that point on for the rest of this episode. And it's a good episode that bring the pack lids back. <laughs> I love how they keep thinking the Cerritos is is the Enterprise. Ooh, another Enterprise. And then even when the Titan comes in, they think every Starfleet ship is the Enterprise, which is just a hilarious joke when you think about it. So, uh, all right, let us, let us shift gears now. Okay, that is season one of Lower Decks. Uh, season two is coming. The, that's been approved. They're working on it. And, you know, probably I'm hoping that, you know, we'll get that sometime, you know, mid next year maybe later next year maybe before disco season four i would hope and think but it hasn't really been talked a lot about yet uh but it is definitely coming that was approved and and they um uh, yeah so I'm, I'm glad to see it and I, I i think the show ended up again uh like i said i i enjoyed it a lot more later uh and as i got into it more it's 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 a lot of fun certainly a, a, for a trek fan I, I think you should you should give this a shot. So, all right, if you're if you're listening and you haven't given it a shot, again, I don't understand that. If you are, all right, uh, now we're at 50 minutes of the podcast. I feel like I'm really running out of time, but I don't want to talk. I'm not going to talk in huge detail of episode one. Uh, I'm going to talk in general terms a bit. Um, the situation, what's going on, what I'm hoping for, what I like, what I, you know, what I thought about, uh, how the you know the my feelings for after watching the first episode. Let us play, uh, let's see, I'll find a trailer here to the first episode. I don't know if it's for the first season or the first episode. I'll, I'll find something here on YouTube and play it for you for uh, season three of Discovery, and I'll be back and talk about the first episode. We traveled into the future. 930 years. A one-way trip. No going back. Welcome to Discovery. Come in. Discovery, do you copy? You have reached year 3188. Is there life here? Anywhere? Multiple life signs detected. We are completely disconnected, but we are also together. You know from around these parts? Federation mostly collapsed after the burn. What's the burn? The burn was the day the galaxy took a hard left. The Federation isn't just about ships. The Federation is its people. I've always believed that you were out there somewhere and that we were a part of the Federation no matter what. Welcome to the future. Dysfunction aside, you all make a pretty good team. Dysfunction is the team. We've just accepted it. No, we haven't. True believer. Yeah. Time traveler. There was no other way. The thing is, you got no authority here. Let's show them who we are. We all want a future that's real. That matters. The Federation gave us the resources and the mandate to solve the biggest, most troublesome problems in the galaxy. And I may question, and I may fear, because the problems often seem insurmountable. But haven't we always risen to meet them? We have work to do. But if things were easy... It wouldn't be worth it. <laughs> huh?
All right, let us talk about season uh, the season opener for Star Trek Discovery season three. The first episode is called "The Hope." That hope is you, part one. Uh, this episode is written by Michelle Paradise, Jenny Lumet, and Alex Kurtzman, directed by Otunde Asamuni. I cannot say that guy's name. I apologize. <laughs> so he's directed a lot of Discovery. He's been p- part of the show since season one so uh this episode of course and again i'm gonna i'm not gonna spoil every little detail of the episode but i assume you guys have seen it or you wouldn't be listening uh the end of season two found discovery with this impossible situation they had this um i'm just gonna call it data they have this 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 thing within the discovery ship on the in the computer that that is um that they need to get out of there and they can't do anything to, to stop it. So they decide to, to go to the future where, where they can keep it, you know, there. Um, I still really need to go back, frankly, and watch the finale of season two, because what I, what I can't recall the reasoning behind is weren't they at one point just going to blow up the ship? Weren't they just going to like abandon ship and blow it up? Um, I don't know if they thought that that wouldn't work or, oh, I think it was something like the, the, this computer thing, whatever the heck it was called. Like, I don't know why I'm blanking on the control. Yeah. Or whatever, um, that it would stop the, the, the self-destruct. I mean, I guess you could have a volunteer stay aboard to stop that or something like that, but all right, let's just take this all at face value that they had to go to the future to just protect the past as they call it. So so Burnham has this little, you know, whatever crazy suit thing that helps them create this little wormhole thing. I know it's 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 a lot of weird, you know, gobbledygook, uh, techno babble stuff, somewhat. Which I hope they, I really do hope that they get away from. I found that a little bit too much in season two, frankly. Um, I hope they get it. This is a little bit more of a straightforward season. I have a feeling it should be. It probably will be. Although I still have some questions after watching this first episode. I, I Just to get it out of the way, I loved the first episode of season three. Really, really loved it. Um, it it was, was very solid, very strong. I like the fact that they just stuck to Burnham's character primarily and, and her meeting up with this guy who's going to be obviously pretty important to their uh, future and, and help them book this character a book. Um I think his first name is Cleveland. Cleveland Book, I think, is his full name. Um, great, great guy playing him, too. The the actor is um, David, I, I think, Ajala. Ayala. I'm terrible with names. Anyway, he's been in other stuff. Um, he's been on some of the CW shows. Uh, great guy. I really, really like him. Strong actor. Cleveland Book Booker is his name. So Book is, is sort of an abbreviation of his last name. Uh Really, I think he and Sinequa, you know, are the obviously the main focus of this first episode, and I think they have a lot of good chemistry together. Uh, they're they're both strong actors. They both that can hold the scenes well. So I think this is a good way to start. They wanted to cover a lot of ground here. I, I think see the the second episode probably will switch switch gears a little bit more, and and, and we'll be seeing more of what's going on. I don't know if they did a trailer for. I think they had an overall season trailer. I, I'm trying to avoid watching that. I, I don't kind of want to see too many things coming up. I mean, I'm I'm going to watch it. I don't need. I don't want to get too spoiled by what's coming. 
Um, I don't think they did a specific episode two trailer. I, I think it was just upcoming in season three of Discovery. So I didn't really watch that. Um, but um, but yeah, this episode, really good. Obviously, you have the situation where Burnham is is uh, crashes into this planet along with this other guy, Book, and his ship um, because of, you know, coming out of this wormhole thing to the future. Uh, her little... Her little um, suit is sent back to kind of close up the little wormhole and also get a message back home that they made it kind of more or less. She said she was going to tell Spock that that was the case. So, um, so she, they're roughly a thousand years, you know, a little less than a thousand years in the future. And they're on this planet. One of the cool things about the first episode is it looks very otherworldly. They filmed a lot of this first episode in Iceland. So it's, it's, it's very cool looking. I mean, it's really cool, really, you know, different, I, I love when they do location stuff. I don't know how much they're going to be able to do location stuff in season four with they've filmed all of season three just prior to um, all of the lockdowns to due to COVID. So uh, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get out there and do some location things for four, but I hope they can. Um, but um, but yeah, so so the again, the first episode of season three is a lot of establishing this new character, a book kind of figuring out what's going on with this world. And we learn about this thing of the collapse of basically Starfleet and the Federation, this thing called the burn. And this is this is one little kind of tiny problem I have with this episode. Not a lot, or a tiny problem with the storyline. And I'm a little confused, and I probably should watch this again. But So the, this, the idea here is that uh, roughly 100 years ago in the future time, so, you know, 100 years before Burnham arrives, roughly. It's not that long ago. I think it was 100 years back. I'm trying to, I'm watching my, um, or reading uh, Memory Alpha while I'm doing this. Um, let's see, Dilithium background, da 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 I had this up for a second. Oh, yeah, 3068, yeah. So um, roughly in around the year 3068, um, dilithium across the galaxy ignited spontaneously in a disastrous event called the burn and the Federation starships that still use dilithium as a critical piece of their power systems and starship star bases and other infrastructure were suddenly destroyed and this led to the decimation and apparent demise of the Federation so roughly about 100 years before Burnham and, and the discovery arrive this happens so dilithium boom goes um, I, I'm having a little trouble understanding, you know, I, I need, I know you need like a, a, a MacGuffin or whatever it's called. You need a reason for the Federation to be gone. Um, I kind of almost prefer it with some kind of like invasive, huge force alien situation or whatever, and just kind of wiped out the, the, the Federation. I, you know, I guess, I guess your question would be, you know, could they rebuild it? Um, but it's only been about a hundred years or so. The, uh, the thing that I'm confused about, and I really don't have too much tr trouble with the Delithium situation, but I'm like, they're kind of still using it, it seems like. they they Book even asks, I think, Burnham if she's got any Delithium, and I'm like, well, have they fixed this problem? Like, uh, if this caused this disaster, you're still using Dilithium in ships? I, I'm a little confused by that. Maybe they found a way to stabilize it so this doesn't happen. Maybe there was something they never were able to detect. And, and they, but they, part of this episode is they're off in this little market, you know, future little place trying to get uh, dilithium, right, for the book ship to get out of there and all this. I, I don't know. I'm a little confused by, like, uh, if it caused this galaxy-wide disaster, 
I, I, are you, I don't know. I'm, I'm confused by that. That maybe I missed something. Maybe he says something like, um, cause he even asks, uh, Burnham if she can recrystallize dilithium, you know, in, in this. So it's a little confusing to me. And of course, when discovery shows up, you know, they've still got this good old spore drive, right? So maybe, maybe that will be a big factor. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll convert the future Federation. We'll call it that they're going to try to rebuild here into, um, using spore drive although there have been problems obviously with spore drive so um but no i, I besides and that's a, just a tiny little piece uh, i love this episode it looks great feels great this this new character of book is is fantastic i like the i really like the fact that he's kind of this he's kind of a han solo type he's got his little ship you know he's kind of a smuggler kind of guy a little off the you know, whatever, a little doing things, but, but he's, he obviously by the end of this episode, you realize he kind of has a heart of gold. He's protecting this, this, um, this one species that's been kind of hunted, uh, to near extinction. Uh, he has this sort of weird, um, symbiotic relationship with, with plants and, and, and life in general, you know, where he helps burn them. Uh, and, and he's a really interesting character. I like the fact that he's nuanced and it, and at first he doesn't want to, of course have anything to do with burnham um but yeah good good solid really good character really well acted um it's nice to see the uh the future there's a lot of future tech here we're going to start getting exposed to they have the uh, the ability with these little mini per personal transporters for example book ship is quite a bit more sophisticated than anything the you know we've seen before and this is an opportunity, you know, uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people saying, hey, they finally have a Star Trek that's set way in the future that I've talked about for a long time, where, uh, you know, why didn't they do, you know, post, say, post Voyager, you know, instead of Enterprise going in the past, Discovery going into a past, you know, why didn't they just set a, uh, a, a, a Trek series 500, 1,000 years into the future? Well, now we have that. And... Probably the best part of this episode to me and the best, you know, the good feels kind of was the last 10 minutes or so when they go to this outpost, this communications place where there's this guy that's sort of like caretaker kind of where he's been basically waiting for a sign and, and a signal that, that, that the Federation is, is, is not dead and is going to come back and the principles of it. Um, it's very, very, uh, it's a lot of, it has all the feels, as people say, that last few minutes of this episode. And there's this, there's this old Federation flag or, or a new version of it with, with a, just a small amount of stars on it. It's really, really good. Really, really heartwarming. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm ex super excited by this season. I think it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what's, what, you know, a thousand years in the future is like. We get to eventually now we'll, you know, Discovery is is obviously going to be in bad shape to begin with, but I'm sure they'll they'll build it and build it. Uh, they'll, I'm sure they'll fix it, and get it up and going, and uh, yeah, so it's exciting. And uh, the you know it'll be fun to to see what they've mapped out because you know one of the things with this burn situation, you know, where they're saying every you know the Federation got wiped out. Well, not only the Federation got wiped out, but Pretty much every other ship they would always run into right out there, right? The the other empires out there, other space faring races, you know, they all used it basically. Warp drive, dilithium, and everything like that. So no one could really swoop in and kind of take over. Although there could be other um 
you know, did the Borg use that with their transwarp technology? Were they really using dilithium? You know, one thing to think about. This is the kind of stuff I'm sure in these writers' rooms and stuff these guys are all sitting around talking about, right? Uh, of everything they've run into and, and um, uh, you know, what um, what will this mean for everything else they've they've run into over the years in Star Trek? You know, this burn and the galaxy, what's, what kind of shape it's going to be in. So, yeah, it's... Uh, Super cool, super exciting. I like this whole concept. I, I, I'm call also one little thing I'm kind of wondering about is: Are we going to just completely drop the whole what happened? This thing about this control from previous season, and you know, is it is it still in Discovery? Is it still there? I mean, do they have to be careful with what they do now? I mean, are they going to reference it at all? I, I'm really wondering about that. Sometimes that doesn't really happen you know they feel like oh we went to the future we're fine now or whatever but uh and if you remember there was this one short trek episode um if you haven't watched those here's a slight spoiler for one of the short treks that are that's out there but there was a short trek episode where this guy um comes across discovery he's in a little shuttle or i forget what he no he's in it like an escape pod i think right and uh he ends up on um the discovery but it's it's like way in the future. I forget the exact date. Now I have to, now I want to go back and find out exactly what date that is. But the ship is empty. It, no one's there anymore. The ship seems fine, but the ship is in, it's got this sort of artificial intelligence kind of running it. Um, but there's nobody else on that on the Discovery. But the ship is still intact and everything looks okay. So, and there's some reference if I remember right. I have to watch that one again now. That you know the crew had to leave for some reason. But the, the ship is, is supposedly waiting for them to come back, maybe, or something like that, is right, if I remember right. i got to watch that now. I want to watch that today and, and try to bring myself up to speed and kind of connect all these dots a little bit. So, yeah, very excited, super excited. We've got Star Trek um, Discovery Season 3 running now for the next, I think they did 13 episodes, so 12 more weeks or so, um, I, think is, I think is what they did. Uh, and uh, we will have The Mandalorian Season 2 starting at the end of this month, so it's a great time, good geek stuff to watch. Uh, I think uh, that's mostly what I wanted to say. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I, I Again, Lower Decks, great first season, a lot of fun, really fun show. Probably want to just sit down and watch those those again sometime. Quick episodes, you know, a little more, less than a half hour each. And Discovery now Season 3. So uh, to all the people that aren't enjoying this, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're in, not enjoying it. I don't know if you'd enjoy anything. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I said it. All right, folks. Um, that's going to do it for Trex and Sci-Fi this week. Uh, again, thanks so much always for downloading listening. Hope you hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, I did too, uh, or I did, um, obviously. So, um, oh, and I got a B9 robot from Lost in Space here. Here, hang on a second. It, you can find these on Amazon. Uh and it's super cool. It, it's about, I don't know, 10 inches tall. And he says a lot of different things. He lights up, blinks. Uh, let me see here. Let me see if I can get the right. All right. The function of an environmental control robot is to supply all data pertinent to this particular field. Cannot compute. Programming data insufficient. Yes, 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 yes. And he has to say the classic phrase for you, of course. <laughs> so yeah that's uh very cool there's a lot of good robot toys out there right now if you're ever in a walmart or 
I think you can buy them online, Walmart too, but there's a great Robbie toy that I think I've talked about on here as well. And an Iron Giant and robot from uh, the B9 robot from Lost in Space. So, and the nice thing about these things, you know, compared to like, say, some big props and expensive items, these things are not too expensive and are pretty easily to, easy to get right now. So check that out. So, all right, next week, um, for the weekend right before uh, Halloween, I am going to do a Halloween show like I normally do, a video cast. Should be a video cast. I will be a video cast. That'll be next weekend. Not quite sure what I'm going to cover. I got to look through my archives of what I've covered on Halloween shows before. I have a few ideas, um, but yeah, it'll be a Halloween show, uh, not live. Did I say live? Not live. It'll be a, a Halloween video cast, but not necessarily live like I do my live show for the anniversary shows. But okay, let us get out of here. Let me get out of here. Edit this up. Get it posted. Everyone, stay safe out there. Vote. If you're in the United States, I know a lot of people have already voted. I've already voted. Um, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Although, I'll just say this. I'm a Star Trek fan. I, 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 I like the future. I like, I like the, um, everyone being equivalent to each other and, and, and races all coming together. So you guys can maybe probably guess who I voted for. So there you go. That's as much as I'll say. Anyway, next week, Halloween show. Um, but be careful out there. Be safe. COVID is cropping up again everywhere. I think people have become a little too maybe possibly relaxed somewhat about it. I'm still not really doing much or going anywhere. The movie theaters finally opened here in Michigan. And uh, I, I'm still not going. Well, one, there isn't really much to see. I kind of want to see Tenant, But I'm not going to go see it at a theater right now. Um if, if some of these big movies finally open, I would probably in a few months do that and go. But I'm not sure. I mean, Wonder Woman, I think, is the first one still, and it's still still kind of out there targeted for Christmas, but I, I still kind of have a feeling that's not going to happen. For one thing, when you think about it, even though people are going to try to be hopefully careful and everything during the holidays, it's going to be the biggest potential time where there's going to be a lot of people intermixing, right? At, at get-togethers, dinners, opening presents and all. Do you want to add on top of that then going to a movie? I, 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 they're definitely not going to have it come out at Christmas. It's just not going to happen. I, I can guarantee that movie won't. It'll get pushed. There's a lot of talk online of them, them pushing these to direct to home video for some cost or whatever, but I, I don't think that happens. I, I think we get into early 2021. I think it'll be reasonable to start releasing some of these things and, and people will go. I think people will want to go, but I don't think you'd want to be doing it during the holidays and then going to a movie then too. So that's just, and I do love the movies, but uh, all right, I got to get out of here uh, again. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I will talk to you again soon. Be, care be careful. Talk to you again. What did I say soon? I can't talk anymore. Uh, wear your masks. Be careful. Try to, you know, stay as, uh, is, keep that little social circle of yours as small as possible right now. I know it's hard. We're all tired of all this, but uh, maybe we can hang on a bit longer and uh, get through it. So take care, everyone. Talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.
This has been a Rick Dusty podcast production.